this is totally not Danzig, and you're listening to the Shred Shack. Greetings, folks. I'm Dan Mack. And this is Chris Mack. I'm wearing my new microphones. Woo! Microphones! Um, they fancy. I actually- I actually didn't pull up the script, so I'm just gonna go. I'm just gonna wing it. And you're listening to the Shred Shack podcast, your premier source of news and uninformed yet heavily biased opinions pertaining to all things heavy metal, airing bi-weekly on uh, let's see, Google Play, Mixcloud, iTunes, so on and so forth. Uh, for now, it will eventually be on more things, and hopefully in 2019, I will figure out what those extra things are. Uh, but for right now, let's go into some old business. Old business is old business, and new business is new business. It's funny, we just watched that movie, and hearing that clip out of context, out of the context of this show, is very strange. <laughs> very, very strange. All right. So, some old business here. Former members of Ghost have requested a new trial in their lawsuit against the band's leader, Tobias Forge. The four musicians believe the judge who ordered the dismissal of the lawsuit last month had a conflict of interest in overseeing the case since both he and Forge are members of the Swedish Order of Freemasons. I, it didn't occur to me yesterday when I when I was reading through this, but I'm thinking of it now, and all I'm thinking of is the Simpsons episode. Yes, <laughs> yep. That's kind of all I think about when I hear when I hear about the Freemasons. Uh, good time. Yes. <laughs> Because they make Steven Gutenberg a star. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> All right, so here's some news that we haven't covered because it kind of happened like right after our last podcast. But if you guys have been keeping up to date on anything involving Cannibal Corpse guitarist Patrick Pat O'Brien, he was recently released from jail less than a week after he was arrested on charges of aggravated assault on a law enforcement officer and burglary of an occupied dwelling with assault. Deputies say he burglarized a house and charged at a deputy with a knife. According to the Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office, O'Brien was released from Hillsborough, Hillsborough County Jail on Friday, December 14th at 9.01 p.m. after posting $50,000 surety bond. Now, when we discussed this on, on the radio show, we made a joke saying like they had only referenced ammunition and flamethrowers. It turns out that there were also a lot, like a stockpile of guns. In yeah, there there's too. a stockpile of guns. Apparently there's a couple skulls in yeah. his house. Okay, that I didn't know about. But yeah, yeah. like I haven't read... I've just been reading the headlines, and the headlines get crazier and crazier every yeah. second. And the fact of the matter is that this guy happens to live in Florida, so he is now Florida man. Yeah, you, you just... <laughs> yeah... And it gets more bizarre as it goes. Yeah. And, you know, Cannibal Corpse have, you know, said that they won't miss any tour dates. And they they give their support to this, uh, to their guitarist, of course. And he's now seeking the help he needs. Apparently he's having, he was having something of a mental breakdown. Yeah. Um, um, there was talk about aliens and alien invasions and, and, and such. Hallucinations so, and yeah. such like that. So he's seeking his, he is seeking help. So who knows if if there was actually like drugs involved or something like that? Who all, knows? All I know is that the pictures of him after his arrest that he was in he was in the court wearing an anti suicide vest and stuff like that. So things yeah. probably were very serious. Yeah. So anyway, let's all move on. Aside, of course. Let's move on to new business. And this is new business, and we do not discuss new business until next quarter. And with new business, we typically start off with brand new albums. Um, I have one. Oh, you have one. Oh, my I God. I have one. Uh, this album came out. 
November thirtieth. Oh, <laughs> we're, okay. we're exactly a month ago. Okay, that's that, that's still that's still compared um, to the podcast. That's new. Yeah the the woman's name is Sarah Longfield, and I from what I understand, she is a uh, YouTube sensation. Okay. Uh, and she has an album out called Disparity, and she's a guitarist, mm-hmm. and she's definitely some of her music's in the vein of like Animals as Leaders, so instrumental, very progressive and stuff like that. Yeah, and. Some other stuff kind of also reminded me of, um, I think if if I remember correctly, Mierker, uh, where it's very ambient and like um, more geared towards her voice. All in all, I thought it was really good. I need to listen to it again because I really only listened to it once through. Mm-hmm. But it, the album was called Disparity. It um, came out through Season of Mist, which is always a good label to come out through for this type of music. Yeah, they, they, they're for me, they're kind of hit or miss, but yeah. Uh, but again, her name is Sarah Longfield, and it, and again, I think she she did all the music herself. So it's not just guitar playing; she did everything herself. It's interesting because a name like that sounds like a pop star, right? Yeah, right. But um, yeah, definitely worth a checking out. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, I have not listened to anything particularly new. Um, I'm catching up on top three, and I am up to October. Um, I have picked my three for October, um, and I actually uh, I'm going to give a little spoiler to one of them because I think we covered them on the podcast in the past. Ice Nine Kills. Yes, I did. Their that new was al- when, we, when we first started the podcast. Their new album, album is pretty fucking fantastic. Yeah, yeah. So they were. I remember. I remember being very impressed with them a couple of years ago. Yeah. So their their new album. I've been pretty sure it's uh, it's it's called it's called The Silver Scream. I'm pretty sure it's all about horror films. I think the, their last record was also a, a, I would see concept album being loosely like a themed album, and I mm-hmm. think the last theme was books because their their name comes from Ice Nine, which is uh, out of a Kurt Vonnegut book. Gotcha. Well, the the I'm new sure. the new album is is quite awesome, and it's kind of a spoiler because it's going to be on my top three. Where I will not say, but it is going to be on there somewhere. Sweet. Um, so let's move on to, uh, I, 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 I you can just assume that whatever, what else we've been listening to has been iPod on shuffle oh, or whatever yeah. CDs you have in the car. Yeah, was, uh, <laughs> pretty, pretty much. Actually, I haven't listened to very much just because I can't, I've, I, I've, I typically leave my, my iPod over here to listen to on my quote unquote stereo and then I forget to bring it into the car. So I've been listening to like nothing. <laughs> Actually, um, um, one thing that, that amazed me. Um, we, Lindsay and I just took a trip back to New York, um, for a wedding, and of course in New York they have um, the shark. Right. Basically, basically their version of Kiss FM. Right. Of course. Um, I was very much amazed at their playlist. They their, changed it. Their their playlist has changed. Like, really? Like we heard Jane said, we heard a live version of Jane says like three times, which pissed me off because I fucking hate that song. And plus, you've been hearing this since nineteen ninety six. Yeah, I fucking I fucking hate that song. But like, aside from that, some of the stuff they played, I was like, what is going on around here? Like this is this is beyond me. Like wow. Um, I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but it's stuff that like you know it's. You're you're used to modern rock radio, and this was defying all expectations. Cool, so that's I was, awesome. I was like, oh, it's about time. Damn. I was like, damn, you know, they they they're marketing themselves as the new ninety four point three. So I guess that the new kind of came with a new playlist, a, a little bit change to the playlist, and uh, it's it's definitely 
It's definitely pleasing. The, the thing about like those radio stations that, you know, Kiss FM here would be better if like I understand why they play the old stuff. That's what that's what gets them listens and whatnot. Yeah. But if it was interwoven with some newer stuff, like play like three new songs and then an old one, it it makes you appreciate the older stuff more because you it, don't hear it all. The it time. depends on the new stuff because I've heard the new Disturbed song on Kiss FM. Well, that's a that's a that's a different band, and so yeah. is Metallica. I mean, they'll yeah. play the new Metallica stuff too. Yeah, so they'll they'll pick they'll but pick and the, choose. But, but some they... of the bands that they have that they play on the radio have been releasing new music since the songs that they're playing. Yeah, but they're not playing that new stuff. Like, mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing that that turned me off to radio down here in general is when I was was listening to them, and they were talking about the new Soundgarden record. They were amping it up. They were like, "Yes, new Soundgarden, new Soundgarden," and here is Spoonman. You know, instead of playing the new single, they played the song from 1993. Yeah. So, it's like, that that was such a letdown yeah. after so much talk. Like, yeah. They talk about new music and these artists releasing new albums, but they don't play the new stuff. Mm-hmm. Unless it's a band like Disturbed or Metallica or something like that. Actually, when I when I got back down here and I was listening to the shark, some of it wasn't, you know, it was, it, their playlist wasn't, wasn't bad. And... There was a weekend where, like, I, I I was sitting in the car and I heard Rooster like three times, and I was like, I don't need to hear Rooster. Like, there's so many other songs I could possibly hear from Alice in Chains alone. Right. I don't need to hear Rooster three times. And they released three new albums. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, <laughs> in they, recent they, memory. Yeah, and well, one of them just came out yeah. like two, three, four months ago. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's weird. Um, but otherwise, you know, I'm like I said, keeping up with top three so we can get ready um obviously listening to the uh rise from your grave album because i've been pushing that for a bit um i actually already have my top three for december set up so once we start our new our um once we get that back up and running which december well starting in january which will be for december we're going back to our normal way of doing things okay. where we actually review the albums that we're talking about do my damnedest to try and keep up yeah so if we can do a, a there's one thing I can possibly do uh, if you want to do like a top five of 2018 I can do that I cannot do that I, I'm it's it's too much time and I that's know because I've only had five albums from 2018 <laughs> yeah I, I'll forget like, I'll, I'll forget what comes out and then I'll be like damn that could have been on my top five damn you know yeah. I have three of them and I'm going to probably buy two more and, and I, got, I got a gift card. So. And with with me in particular, like I I have my 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 favorite you know bands, and they come out with the new album. Like the, the new Power Man Five Thousand would probably be on there because it's Power Man Five Thousand. So it's it's for me it's I think it's a little bit too um, it's rehash. Little, yeah, well, it's a little bit too expected. Oh. So yeah, you know, I agree because yeah, it'd be the same thing for me because the top three right now are like uh, the Tesseract. Ghost and Behemoth. Yeah, Ghost. The Ghost album took me by surprise. That would be on my list. Um, and then the other two that I want to pick up uh, with my gift card is uh, Oceans of Slumber came out with a new record this they, year. They Apparently, did. it's very good. Mm-hmm. Reviews have been spectacular on it. Yep. And then the Ocean Collective, or just the Ocean, they they released the first part of their double album this mm-hmm. year. And you know, I'm going to pick that up. Yeah. 
Excellent. Um, before we go on, actually, um, since I wanted to address this before we hit the, the, the top 200, I actually got my first listen to Greta Van Fleet today. Oh, okay then. And I was underwhelmed. <laughs> I was very underwhelmed. Um, I, 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 maybe it was the wrong song. I, I don't know, but I, I just, I was not impressed whatsoever. So that I, seems I, to be the general consensus of, of, among rock fans. Yeah. So or, the, or older rock fans. So I, I, I don't get it. Um, I don't get, I don't get what the popularity is from. So, whatever. Let's move on to general news. Uh, right. I, I think that's, I think that's the first section. I know yes, you split, I know you split it up a little bit this I, time. Yeah, right? I, I added a couple sections as we came along because there's a bunch of different things that, like that covered. A topic, yeah, and there's multiple things in that topic, yeah. All right, so let's go on with general news here. Accepts mm-hmm. founding bassist Peter Baltz uh, has announced his exit from the band. He said in a statement to all Accept fans, "I hereby like to announce my departure as bass player from Accept. I have been with the band from the very beginning. Many of you have been there as well. I'd like to thank you all for the great years we shared together. Keep it metal." Uh, I uh, they didn't mention anything about any sort of real animosity. In the no, band. not really. Okay. No, it's because I I know that there have been past people who like who have been in the band who have left who pretty much call except the Wolf Hoffman show. Ah, well, I and, can see that. But this know. is this is a founding member. This yeah. guy's been there forever. So I'm, I'm hoping it's not a matter of him getting pushed out of you know you know you, you go over there you go do your thing over there. Yeah. So. But all right. Next up, a collection of stage and studio equipment from former Judas Priest guitarist KK Downing will be at auction next month. I think that was this month, actually. Mm-hmm. International auction house Bottoms has announced the sale of eleven of Downing's guitars, including the 1967 Flying V that was KK's main instrument on several of uh, classic Priest albums, from Sad Wings to Destiny, up to Point of Entry. As part of the entertainment memorial. Memorabilia auction. Other items for sale on December 11th at Bonham's New Bond Street premises in central London include Marshall amp heads, guitar effects, and a pair of leather jacks from the Turbo and Screaming for Vengeance tours. <laughs> there was a follow up here. KK Downing's 1967 Flying V, that was his main instrument on those albums, has sold for a whopping £150,000, which is approximately $189,000. The original estimate was 15,000 to 18,000 pounds. So he got 10 times as much as it was originally expected. That's a lot of money. Yeah. Priest fans are pretty wild. Yeah, buddy. And they're loaded. Apparently so. So, so hey, how you doing? Yeah, I was going to say, like, <laughs> how, how about we start this crowdfunder for this guy right here? <laughs> Man. Let's start a Patreon. <laughs> $189,000 for a guitar. That, that's pretty wild. Yeah. I, I I can see that kind of I can see that kind of sale happening for like a Kiss guitar too, you know. Maybe. Yeah, for 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 a band like them. And they have Kiss, yeah. They have Kiss caskets, so might well, as well. Yeah. All right, Allison Chains has announced a special Rainier Fog movie project titled Black Antenna, produced and directed by filmmaker Adam Mason. Inspired by the sound of Rainier Fog, Mason has created a stunning 90-minute sci-fi film which will be rolled out in 10-episode segments slash videos beginning at the top of the new year, with each episode set to a different song from the album. Hmm. That sounds pretty intriguing. That sounds, that sounds cool. Any kind of multimedia project like that tends to be pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, it, sound, it sounds like a, the band's... Like a, like a, a band... 
It sounds like it's more so the project of this guy. Yeah. It sounds like somebody's just making the music videos for the band. They're like, cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, fine. <laughs> you you want to do that? That's cool. I mean, we're still living off a rooster, but, you know, this is cool. Because <laughs> well, I know a lot of artists will make, like, they'll make an album and they'll make a video for every single song on the album. Yeah, yeah. That just makes it simple for Alice in Chains. Like, we don't even have to do shit. We just, yeah, we don't even have to be in it. Fuck. <laughs> you go You go do what you do, bro. <laughs> nice. All right, here we go. Bohemian Rhapsody, you know, that iconic single by Queen, has become most streamed song from the 20th century, as well as the most streamed classic rock song of all time. Uh, yeah, because, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> On Monday, December 10th, Universal Music Group announced that the song has garnered more than 1.6 billion global streams. A figure that takes into account all registered streams on global on-demand streaming services such as Spotify, Apple Music, and Deezer. I don't even know what that one is. Yeah, I've never heard of that. As well as streams from official song from official song and video streams on YouTube. In taking the top spot, the song pulled ahead of Nirvana's Smells Like Teen Spirit, Guns N' Roses' Sweet Child O' Mine, and November Rain, and AHA's Take On Me. I got Guns N' Roses on there twice. Yeah. Wow. Which is not a surprise, considering Sweet Child of Mine and November Rain. Yeah, that, that doesn't surprise me at all. Well, it irritates me that Nirvana's on there, but that's, uh, well, that's me. Yeah. Bohemian Rhapsody's popularity has been boosted by the recent success of the Queen movie Bohemian Rhapsody, mm-hmm. which became the highest-grossing music biopic in history five weeks after its release. Mm-hmm. The film has already grossed more than uh, five, uh, $596.1 million at the global box office. Damn. Yeah. Actually, um, on my trip home, one of the things that I came home, uh, my trip back to New York, one of the things that I came into the room to was a copy of Queen 2 on vinyl. Um, And Dad was telling me about how they went to a record store, and they uh, apparently this, this record store was wiped out of all the original stuff. Like... The, the copy that they got was a brand new reissue. Oh, okay. You know, in, in the plastic, you know, brand new reissue. But, like, everything that's old, I'm sure 45s included, were all sold out. Not, not a surprise. Because of the movie. Not a surprise. So. Well, speaking of that movie, the nominations for the 76th Annual Golden Globe Awards were announced recently. Mm-hmm. 20th Century Fox's Queen biopic rap, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody is up for two awards in two categories. Best Motion Picture Drama and Best Actor in a Motion Picture Drama for Rami Malek's portrayal of Freddie Mercury. Right on. I can see him winning the Globes, but maybe not the Oscars. Depends on who he's against. I don't watch either. So I, I I will just listen for the results and... and I'm sure the results will... And, and golf clap, depending uh, on... <laughs> oh, here, here, here's some money makers right here. Guns N' Roses, not in this lifetime, that tour, is now believed to be the second highest grossing tour of all time, having generated an estimated $562 million since it began two and a half years ago. At least four other tours have topped $500 million in sales, including U2's 360, which topped $735 million. Dang. The Guns N' Roses, uh, the, the Rolling Stones at Bigger Bang, which was at $555 million. Ed Sheeran's Divide Tour at $555 million. And Coldplay's A Head Full of Dreams, which is at $523 million. Sheeran's Divide Tour resumes in 2019, and with 45 headlining stadium dates already booked, the British singer will likely overtake U2 and claim the title of highest-grossing tour of all time. 
I don't think it's fair that these tours that go on for years and years and years get tallied like that. Like, they should do it by year. I don't think it's fair that Ed Sheeran's popular. <laughs> well, you know, he has no soul because he's a ginger. You know, I, I just I, I, I just can't stand the one song I know and and and. You know what's the worst thing about that song? It, the Shape of You is that the one you're thinking? Yeah. About? All right. The worst thing about that song is that I have a friend of mine who she's she's a big Ed Sheeran fan. Sees him every time he comes around. That even his fans hate that song. <laughs> like I don't know how it's so popular if his fans don't like that song. Because that's radio for you. Like, but his other songs are actually kind of fun. Well, actually, you know what? I was gonna say. It all makes perfect sense if you're on a lot of cocaine. <laughs> yes, it does. There you go. That's, that's, yes. the, that's my explanation, and I am going to stick to it. Sums up everything. Yes. All right, here we go. King's X, The Oral History, the definitive companion to one of the most acclaimed hard rock acts in the business, will be published on February 19, 2019 via Jawbone Press. This authorized biography examines and explores all aspects of their history, both uh, personally and professionally, and allows the band's three members, singer bassist Doug Pinnock, guitarist Ty Tabor, and drummer Jerry Gaskill, to tell their full story for the first time. It opens the floor to friends and collaborators, plus some of the many of Top Rock's names, who are also fans of the band, including Pearl Jam's Jeff Emmett, The Police's Andy Summers, Smashing Pumpkins, Billy Corgan's... Uh, Soundgarden's Kim Thile, Pantera's Rex Brown, Motley Crue's Mick Mars, and many more. Right on. That sounds like fun. Yeah, that, that sounds pretty intense. So. All right, Phoenix-based thrash metal veterans Sacred Reich have announced the return of drummer Dave McLean. No relation to John. McLean was a member of Sacred Reich from 1991 to 1995. He played on the A Question EP in 1991 and the Independent Album in 1993. And Heel in 1996 before joining Machine Head. And he's able to rejoin the band because he just recently left Machine Head. Yeah, was he one of the two that left? Yeah, it was okay. him and uh, the guitarist, Phil. Yeah. All right. Drummer Jerry Jeremy Spencer has announced his departure from Five Finger Death Punch. After sitting out the fall leg of the group's recent co-headlining tour with Breaking Benjamin, Jeremy underwent a second back surgery and will need a significant amount of time to recover. The band fully supports his decision. Spencer said in a statement, It's with mixed emotion that I share with you the following news. I regret that I have decided to step down as drummer of Five Finger Death Punch. This decision has been weighing on me for months. Now the time has finally come. I've been playing drums since I was six years old. After years of physicality leading to surgeries, I need. I feel it's best to step down. Did you, um, did you hear their cover of Blue on Black? No, I did not. It's actually pretty good. Is it now? Yeah, it's it's surprisingly good. The thing is, I think, his, I think, uh, what's his name? Ivan Mood. Yeah, I think his voice is kind of suited for that deeper tone. It is a little but, bit, but the but even the choruses they get they get heavier. Yeah, yeah, you know, they 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 get a little bit they get a little bit rowdy. Like you've heard uh, of their cover of Bad Company, right? Yes, yes yeah. I have. And, I and that was also, I, I, he um, he sang on an album called The Devil's Carnival, um, which is like it was made by the guy who did Repo the Genetic Opera, which you oh, haven't seen. Okay, but it's it was a it was a pretty decent movie. But he sings as a as like a clown in, yeah. in the film. Uh, but he did a pretty good job in that too. Cool. So, all right, last bit of general news here. We got Black Sabbath is among the artists who receive a Recording Academy Lifetime Achievement Award next year. According to the Recording Academy, the Lifetime Achievement Award honors musicians who have 
quote, made outstanding contributions of artistic significance to the field of recording over no, the decades. No shit. Also receiving the Lifetime Achievement Award next year are George Clinton and Parliament Funkadelic, Bill Eckstein, Donnie Hathaway, Julio Iglesias, Sam and Dave, and Diane Warwick. A special award presentation ceremony and concert celebrating the honorees will be held on May 11, 2019 in Los Angeles. Additional details regarding the ceremony will be announced in the coming weeks. That's just such a, uh, such a varied group of people. Right? I just, I'm just imagining standing on stage George Clinton next to the members of Black Sabbath. Right. <laughs> like his big old colorful hair and there's Tony Iommi you know, dressed as the way I envisioned Satan. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> like, if there was a movie that ever needed a, just a calm, cool, collected devil and they didn't cast Tony Iommi, I'd be upset. Yeah. Pretty much. All right. So that was general news. Now we got, we're going into our different sections here. And okay. I call this one The Good That Men Do instead of The Evil That Men Do. Aha. Ah. Ah. Fantastic. Hold on. Wait. I think, I think I have a, I think I have a clip for this. You're going to have to have your clips a little bit more better organized for episode 100. Yeah, I know, but you know what? By the way, I don't know if Dan mentioned it, but today is episode 99. Yeah. 99. Puns, motherfucker! Puns, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the good that men do. December 11th, Five Finger Death Punch and Breaking Benjamin wrapped up the fall arena portion of the biggest North American co-headlining rock tour of 2018. The bands announced that day they have chosen to donate a portion of their ticket sales this fall to two charity organizations close to their hearts. Five Finger Death Punch has donated $30,000 to VetPaw, which is Veterans Empowered to Protect African Wildlife. The mission of VetPaw is to end the illegal poaching of rhinos, elephants, and other endangered species. VetPaw does this by utilizing the unrivaled skills and experience of highly trained combat veterans to form anti-poaching units, train local park rangers, and support their communities. <laughs> so pretty much, these this is they're, they're supporting a militia. Yeah, I, I, I was gonna say, I was gonna say, I'm just imagining a guy out there who's getting ready to to kill an animal, and there's just some dude off in the distance going, like, "Come on, here we go." Hunters hunting the hunted, like, like yeah, pretty what much. The hell? Pretty much, which I'm perfectly okay with. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I have actually no empathy whatsoever for for anybody who's who's poaching. So you get you, you get shot in the head. That's your problem, bro. Right. You, you go. You better go. You better go. No, they just shoot him in the kneecaps, and then they go up with an Austri- Austrian accent and be like, "He'll live." <laughs> Seriously. Meanwhile, <laughs> meanwhile. Frankie Benjamin has donated $30,000 to a charity they've supported for many years, which is the St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, whose mission is to help further research to end childhood cancer and other life-threatening diseases. Mm -hmm. With their summer and fall tours combined, Five Finger Death Punch and Breaking Benjamin have now donated over $250,000 to charities in 2018. Damn. Yeah, buddy. Damn. Uh, the good guys in Metallica have been keeping up with their stuff here. Uh, Metallica's All Within My Hands Foundation has launched a major workforce education initiative that support that provides direct support to community colleges to enhance their career and technical education programs. These programs provide skills and services to students who are looking to enter a traditional trade or other applied learning program. Ten colleges from across the country will receive $100,000 to support more than 1,000 students training to enter the American workforce. These students will become the first cohort of Metallica Scholars, partnering with the American Association of Community Colleges, 
a Washington based Washington DC based organization that represents the nation's one hundred one thousand one hundred and three community colleges. The Metallica Scholars Awards were selected via a competitive application process and are designed to provide support of relevant job skill training for community college students reinvesting communities that supported Metallica during its recent United States tours and leveraged the influence of Metallica to elevate the importance of career and technical education. Madness. Badass. Yeah. Going blue collar. Yeah. Well, people forget that trades are uh, a big moneymaker in this, in this country. Yep. I so. mean, the fact of the matter is, is that Metallica and any rock band really hires nothing but tradespeople. They're yeah. carpenters, they're electricians, they're even their guitar techs. That's, that's a trade. Yeah. You know, everything that they, these guys do hires tradespeople. So they're mm-hmm. just, you know, continuing that that workforce. And the fact yeah. of the matter is, is that trade work is a dying breed. Yeah, because they got they got one guy on the staff that they really don't like, so they want somebody to replace him, but they need to, they need to train them first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That lighting rig staff kind of sucks. <laughs> we, need, we need some new. We need some new blood around here. <laughs> All right. Last but not least, we were just talking about these guys, but Greta Van Fleet have asked fans who are attending their three solo concerts in Detroit to bring with them canned goods to drop off at the venue. The food collected this past weekend on December twenty seventh, twenty ninth, and today, the thirtieth, shows at the Fox Theater will be donated to Gleaners Community Food Bank. Founded in 1977, Gleaners Community Food Bank is a nonprofit organization that provides millions of pounds of donated and purchased food to feed people in need throughout southeastern Michigan. Right on. Excuse me. I, again, I may not get it, but but it, keep, hey, keep keep up the good work. Yeah, if you're supporting your hometown, good for you. Yep. Good for you. Yep. All right. Last bit here before I use the restroom. This section is called Alcoholica. <laughs> I just realized that made no sense. God damn it! No, Why it did makes. I think that plan made sense. It makes perfect sense because what we're talking about here is people releasing booze. Wait, wait, wait! Burn in hell, you bastards! That'll teach you to hold an opinion contrary to mine. <laughs> All right, so here, alcoholica. Damn it! Get over it. All right. Orange County, California rockers Atreyu have teamed up with local brewery Noble Ale Works to create Atreyu Superhero Deepa. I'm going to say Deepa is probably a D-I-P-A for some reason. Anyway, with Orange Zest. Led by Citra and El Dorado, this hazy D-I-P-A, I'm just going to go with that, gives soft notes of lychee? Tropical fruit and butterfly kisses, while bright California navel oranges keep the party going. <laughs> what the fuck? I I I, I, I should have been more editing for this one. <laughs> I didn't do this one. This I know this, this is this me. Was you. I should have done more editing on this one. All, all, all I have are clips. <laughs> all right, but next up here, December first, saw the release of Motorhead Rum. As with every beverage the band puts its name to, it's been a hands-on affair with no detail left unchecked, quality, craftsmanship, and a total no-bull attitude has defined these releases, and the Motorhead Rum is not treated differently. Motorhead Rum has been aged for eight years in ex-bourbon barrels, so rum aged in bourbon barrels, 
which in the world of rums puts it in the finest quality corner. The aging has been done with the Solera process, meaning that as the oldest rum is pulled from the cask, younger rum is added to mature in the same cask. The result is a smooth, dark brown rum with a balanced sweetness and notes of arrack, vanilla, and dried fruits. I was going to say, it's, it's aged for eight years, which, which obviously just means it's aged for eight years. But I'm just thinking, like, eight years ago, Lemmy's like, this is going to be the shit one day. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> just you wait. <laughs> oh, Lemmy. The thing is, every time I hear about the aging process and casks and stuff like that, I just think about when we went to Blair Atoll Distillery. Yeah. And that one guy is like, smoky. Yeah. Getting, <laughs> That's getting, all getting, I think about. rid of that smoky flavor. Recording news. This is our favorite. Because oh, yeah. 2019 is looking dope. Yeah, it is. Looking dope. Nice Here looking. we go. Borknagar. This is a band we've covered a while back, and I believe it was uh, Pete who actually covered them. Probably. They have entered the studio to begin recording their new album. The disc, which is tentatively due in early 2019, will be the band's first since the departure of Borknagar's guitarist of 20 years, Jens F. Ryland, this past January. So that's kind of, that's cool. Did I put that in there? No, I think I did. Really? So that might be in there twice by accident. Okay, so yeah, that's cool. Then I'll try and skip that. over it. <laughs> I, think there, I think that happened twice. Yeah. With, well, um, with something else in, the, in festival news. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll see. We'll get there. All right, Avantasia's Moonglow will arrive on February 1st, 2019 via Nuclear Blast. Jesus Christ. Comprising 11 tracks, the new Opus once again features several guest vocalists. This time around, Tobias worked not only with such well-known faces as Ronnie Atkins of The Pretty Maids, Jorn Lande of Master Plan, Eric Martin of Mr. Big, Jeff Tate of Queensryche, and Michael Kiske of uh, Halloween, and Bob Catley of Magnum, but also with new collaborators like Candace Knight of Blackmore's Night. Wow. Hansi Kirsch of Blind Guardian. Uh, yeah. And Millie, or Milla? Mil Petroza. Mil Petroza uh, from Creator. Well, that's, well, that's new to Avantasia, but, but, but Milla's pr- pr- performed uh, a version of, um, God, what's the, what's the fucking song? Hysteria by, by Ed Guy. And he did a sick version of it. So, new to Avantasia, but not new to, to right. Tobias. Right, right. All right, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, that, that well, the, I'm kind of excited for the Candace Knight thing because that's yeah, I know, I love her voice. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. All right, at the gates, we'll release both a strictly limited um, seven-inch EP titled "The Mirror Black" and a special digital EP titled "With the Pantheons Blind" on January 11th, 2019. The seven-inch EP features the two songs, The Mirror Black and Daggers of Black Haze, off At The Gate's current album, To Drink From The Night Itself, in the versions that come with guest vocalists, uh, guest vocals by Rob Miller, who is in Ambiex, and Tal Cross. This collector's item is limited to 1,000 copies worldwide, as follows. Black, seven-inch, 400 copies. That's going to be through Century Media, Distro Europe, Wholesale, and Online Shop. Golden 7-inch, limited to 100 copies from the Century Media Europe online shop. Clear 7-inch, limited to 300 copies from the Century Media Distro Europe wholesale and online shop. And Transparent Red 7-inch, 200 copies exclusively from the band on tour. Damn. Yeah. 
Next up from the same article here, the digital EP with the Pantheon's blind contains all six bonus tracks from To Drink From The Night itself. Recording sessions now available digitally for the first time. Daggers of Black Haze and The Mirror Black featuring guest vocals by Rob Miller. The Chasm featuring guest vocals by Per Bo- uh, Bo- Boder, per Boder mm-hmm. from God Macabre. A Labyrinth of Tombs featuring guest vocals by Mikkel Knox-Peterson of Kraft. A demo version of The Chasm and a merciless re-recording version of the early At The Gates classic Raped by the Light of Christ. Originally featured on the band's sophomore album with Fear I Kiss, The Burning Darkness from 1993. I mean, like, how many songs can we write that had the word black or darkness to it? <laughs> darkness! Darkness, everybody! <laughs> darkness is spreading. Like, like, like seriously, though. <laughs> Like there's there's at least four tracks on there that have to do with with either darkness or black. <laughs> uh, but whose whose idea was it originally to do the 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 a name to name an album the black album an all black album Metallica representatives? <laughs> I love that bit. Spinal Tap. Anyway, Misery Index will release its new album Rituals of Power on March eighth, two thousand nineteen, via Season of Mist. Word. The Dark Element, which is the project featuring former Nightwish vocalist Annette Olsen and Finnish guitarist and songwriter uh, Yanni L, L, (laughs) has entered the studio to begin recording its second album. The follow-up to last year's The Dark Element will tentatively arrive in the fall of 2019 via Frontiers Music. The 1996 self-titled album from Machine Head Violence guitarist Phil Demel's Torque project will be reissued on January 18th, 2019 via Mascot Records. The new version of the disc includes four bonus tracks and will be made available as a CD, on vinyl, and as a digital download. Right on. Visions of Atlantis will release their first live album, The Deep and the Dark Live, at Symphonic Metal Nights on February 22nd, 2019 via Napalm Records. With focus on songs from the band's latest studio album, The Deep and the Dark, this live opus pushes the mystical adventure of Visions of Atlantis to another level. Yeah, you copied and pasted that. You bet your ass I did. St. Vitus have finished recording the new, their new album. The fall of the 2012's Lily F65 will be released in 2019 via Season of Mist. Hashtag fuck yeah. Roddy Bottom says that he has been making new music with his Faith No More bandmates, Mike Borden and Billy Gould. Wait, hold on one second. (laughs) And just look how happy he is. (laughs) (laughs) This is three years after the release of the group's acclaimed comeback album, Soul Invictus. Yeah. That that is exciting. Yeah, that is super exciting because I I was not expecting to get a new Faith No More record. Yeah, I was kind of expecting Soul Invictus to be a one and done, and, yeah. and, and them going on tour and calling it there. But if they're making new music, so be it. Yeah, I mean, um, obviously, there's there's no indication of when this is supposed to come out. It's just that those three dudes are in a room and they're working on new music. Yeah, so I can I can. I, I, you won't get any complaints from me. Yeah, for sure. If it's anything like Soul Invictus, I'll be happy. Yeah. Get the motherfucker on the phone. Get that motherfucker on the phone. All right, Overkill will release their 19th studio album, The Wings of War. 
on February 22nd, 2019 via Nuclear Blast. That is a great album title, and you cannot stop Overkill. Nope. Overkill is like a friggin' tank. Yep. Yep. Okay, Children of Bodom will release their 10th album, Text, on March 8th, 2019 via Nuclear Blast Records. Right on. Ministry will enter the studio in early 2019 to begin recording the follow-up to this year's Americant album. Jesus, they're just churning them out. Yeah. Okay, Metallica. The All Within My Hands Foundation and its contributors commemorated Giving Tuesday with the launching of the pre-order for the limited edition vinyl release of Helping Hands, live and acoustic at the Masonic. The double album... Mixed by Greg Feldman and newly mastered for vinyl by Ruben Cohen at Bernie Grund- Grundemann's Mastering, documents the inaugural Helping Hands benefit concert held in San Francisco on November 3rd. Helping Hands Live and Acoustic at the Masonic features rare acoustic renditions of hits and deep cuts spanning the Metallica catalog, as well as covers of Deep Purple, Nazareth, Bob Seger, and Blue Oyster Cult classics. Captured on 140-gram colored vinyl with proceeds donated to the band's All Within My Hands Foundation, Helping Hands Live and Acoustic at the Masonic continues that foundation's mission to fight hunger and to assist in creating sustainable communities through workforce education. The album will be available February 1st, 2019 at all independent and digital retail around the world, all streaming services that feature Metallica's music and can be pre-ordered in the Metallica store. All copies will include a a download card. Now here is the track listing. Disc 1, side, side A, Disposable Heroes, mm-hmm. When a Blind Man Cries by Deep Purple, and The Unforgiven. Disc 1, Side B, Please Don't Judas Me by Nazareth, <clears throat> Turn the Page by Bob Seeger. Disc 2, Side C, Bleeding Me, Veteran of the Psychic Wars by Blue Oyster Cult, mm-hmm. and Nothing Else Matters. Disc 2, Side D, All Within My Hands, Enter Sandman, The Four Horsemen, and Hardwired. Hmm. So that's a really eclectic mix. I, really... I was going to say, the ending on Hardwired, that's kind of rough. Right? Like, I can only imagine how that sounds acoustically. It's like, yeah, by the way, this uh, this whole thing is for charity, but we're all fucked! <laughs> and, and the fact is that they're, they're pulling out a song from St. Anger, All Within My Hands. Yeah, well... I mean, I mean that's the name of the foundation, great yeah. and everything, but Wow. Yeah. Wow, wow. When you started reading this, like b- before you even said anything about what it is, you said Metallica, and I was like, there's no way Metallica's releasing a new album. What are you talking about? <laughs> All right. This one I call hashtag fuck yeah part de. Part de. Part de. de. All right. Opeth guitarist vocalist Mikhail Ackerfeld has confirmed to Metal Hammer magazine that it has made major headway in the songwriting process for the follow-up to 2016's Sorceress album. He is quoted as saying, I told myself I'd be taking a break, maybe even a sabbatical or something, after the last tour, but I think I lasted until after Christmas. I was definitely in the studio before New Year's. I started writing in December last year, and I've got a lot of music. I think I've got about an hour and a half's worth of material, but I'm going to take it easy. I'm going to be very methodical and listen to a lot of stuff I've done and just make sure there's no gaps of any kind on the next album. That feels important to me. Follow up to that, I did not take it easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I took it as easy as Devin Townsend yeah, takes it easy. Next album comes out tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, I got like an EP with uh, Steve Wilson over there, you know, just, you know, for funsies. We're dicking around the studio and hear yeah. the album. Yeah, you know, you know. Well, I, I decided that 90, 90 minutes of that wasn't so good, so I uh, put it somewhere else. Yeah, totally out Dave Grohl, Dave Grohl. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> you know what? That would probably be an amazing collaboration. Yeah, probably. Dave Grohl and Mikhail Ackerfeld, that'd be, that'd be wow. Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, like, wow. Yeah, make it happen, Trent Shack. <laughs> oh, please, for the love of God. <laughs> All right, here we go. Slipknot will indeed hit the studio in January for their new album with a summer 2019 release planned. The timetable confirmation comes via the band's frontman himself, Corey Taylor, who recently replied to a fan on Twitter regarding the record. Which is, which is pretty cool, because I know that Corey Taylor is very, very... Um... In touch with the fans. Yes. Particularly through for, through Twitter. So. Yeah. All right. Lamb of God guitarist Mark Morton will release a solo album titled An Aesthetic on March 1st, 2019 via WPP Records and Spine Farm Records. Mm-hmm. Singers on the album include Chester Bennington of Linkin Park, Randy Blythe of the Lamb of God, Jacoby Shaddix of uh, Papa Roach, Miles Kennedy of Slash, featuring Miles Kennedy <laughs> and the Conspirators <laughs> and Alter Bridge. Alyssa White-Gluz from uh, Arch Enemy, Mark Lanigan, Chuck Billy of Testament, a while Chuck Billy appears, uh, Jake Oney, Josh Todd of Buck Cherry, Mark Morales, and Nameth Maddox. All right, musically, Morton performs all guitars with Rory Mayorga of Stone Sour, Dave Ellison Megadeth, uh, Ray Luzier of Korn, Paulo Gregolito of Trivium, and Alex Bent from Trivium. Uh, oh, Paul, Paulo, uh, and Alex of Trivium. Mike Inez from Alice in Chains. Jean-Paul Gaster of Clutch. Steve Gorman and Mark Paul rounding out the band. I mean, you think you got enough guys there? I mean, damn. He's like got everybody but his Lamb of God guys in yeah. there, except for Randy Blood. It's like, you know what, Chris, just take a break. <laughs> you, you, Yeah, just take a break. All right. In Flames will release their 13th studio album titled I, The Mask on March 1st, 2019 via Nuclear Blast, worldwide excluding North America, and 11.7 Music in North America. Which we, I believe we played one of the tracks on the Facebook page. Pat did. Pat did. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Because he's, he's excited for it because apparently it's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. All right. Delane will release Hunter's Moon on February 22nd, 2019 via Napalm Records. The effort consists of new studio tracks accompanied by a live Blu-ray from the band's sold-out uh, Dance Macabre 2017 European tour. Hunter's Moon is the final in the trilogy and follows on from Delane's EP Lunar Prelude and the full-length album Moonbathers. Hunter's Moon includes four brand-new tracks, ten live songs, and a Blu-ray shot at the infamous venue... Featuring many special guests, including Nightwish's Marco Hitala. I'm sorry, what was the venue? <laughs> famous one. It's an infamous one. It starts with a U. Ends in an I. There's a lot of consonants and vowels in between. <laughs> you're, not, you're not even trying anymore. No. You trick Tivoli. I'm going to stick with that. Okay. Yeah, anyway, but I got Marco's name right. Marco Hitala. Marco! Marco! <laughs> That's kind of that's kind of funny because for your for your ten word review you can't do that. There's there's nobody to do that for. <laughs> I was just thinking about that the other day. I was just like, you can't even do the joke. <laughs> All right, Bad Religion guitarist Brett Gerwitz has confirmed to K Rock in a new interview that the band will release a new full length record next year. Woot woot. Flying Colors. The Prague Pop Supergroup featuring Steve Morris of Deep Purple, 
uh, keyboardist Neil Morris of the Neil Morris Band, Transatlantic, and Xbox Beard, bassist Dave LaRue of the Dixie Dregs, drummer Mike I Can Play That Portnoy of Sons of Apollo, exactly, the Winery Dogs, and of course, formerly of Dream Theater, and vocalist Casey McPherson of Alpha Rev, has started recording his third album for a tentative late summer, early fall release. <sighs> Mike Portnoy. Mike Portnoy. Yeah, just... I think he gets off on, on playing with people's hearts because on his Instagram, he's been hanging out with John Petrucci. <laughs> and they're taking pictures together. Their family's together in Rockefeller Center celebrating Christmas. And, of course, like, it's like, oh, my God, they're getting the band back. To-. No, they're not. They, they're they, just good friends. They just they just need to have a video of him, like, a, like an Instagram story video of him just playing on a freaking bucket on the streets of New York or something. <laughs> he definitely needs the busket. <laughs> Totally. He needs the busket. Just, just, just busket. With a bucket. <laughs> Put the rag in the busket. <laughs> Suicide kings. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, anyway. On January 25th, King Diamond will release a new DVD Blu-ray, Songs for the Dead Live. Because we need something from, from King Diamond, like, now. Yeah, via Metal Blade Records. Boasting 18 songs per set, each of the two shows, which is from Belgium's Grass Pop Metal Meeting in June 2016 and Philadelphia's Fillmore in November 2015, features a brace? I don't know. Of classic King Diamond and Merciful Fate tracks, including Welcome Home, Halloween, and Eye of the Witch, before launching into Abigail. The performances of the all-star lineup of musicians comprising of guitarist Andy LaRock and Mike Weed, bassist Pontus Egberg, and drummer Matt Thompson are absolutely ferocious, hammering home every single moment. Now, here are some details on the formats we got here. Oh, great. Yeah. Here we go. Two DVD, CD, six-panel digipack. Jesus Christ. Blu-ray includes audio, digital download of Philadelphia show. Special edition box set with five discs, which is two DVDs, two CDs, and one Blu-ray, plus poster, flyer, laminate, set list, ticket, sticker, and guitar pick, which is limited to 3,000 copies. Opaque blue with white splatter vinyl, U.S. retail exclusive, limited to 600 copies. Opaque red with red splatter vinyl, which is also a U.S. web star exclusive, limited to 200 copies. Opaque white with black splatter vinyl, U.S. Web Store exclusive, limited to 200 copies. 180-gram black vinyl, EU exclusive. Transparent amber marble vinyl, EU exclusive, limited to 700 copies. Jesus Christ. Clear ghost white vinyl, EU exclusive, limited to 500 copies. Orange brown black marbled vinyl, EU exclusive, limited to 300 copies. Black purple melt vinyl, nuclear blast exclusive, limited to 200 copies. Orange, red, and marble vinyl, napalm exclusive, limited to 300 copies. Clear lavender marble vinyl, EMP exclusive, limited to 200 copies. Clear ash gray marble vinyl, a Benjam, Benjan, Bengan, whatever, exclusive, 200 copies. Pink, blue, marble vinyl, eBay exclusive, limited to 200 copies. Is that all? Yeah. Because I'm, I'm, I'm hearing all the vinyl people sit there. I'm greasy up, woman. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Tap dancing. Fucking Christ. For real. For real. Okay. Oh. 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 I need to catch my breath. I'm running up a hill. They were going to run out of vinyl by the time this is over. <laughs> <laughs> the vinyl craze might be over by the time it's done. Jesus Christmas. There's a shortage of vinyl because of King Diamond. Yep, people might have to trade in their vinyl pants to make up these uh, these orders here. Anyway, seriously. Anyway, 
Swedish Meddlers Hammerfall will enter the studio on January twenty-seven, uh, January seventh, two thousand nineteen, to begin recording their new album titled Dominion. The disc will be released on August sixteenth, two thousand nineteen, via Napalm Records. Hammerfall's kick ass. So. All right, here's that second thing about Borknagar, so we'll skip right over that one. Yeah. All right, Life of Agony will enter the studio in February to begin recording its new album for a tentative two thousand nineteen release. The disc will be the band's first since the addition of drummer Veronica Bellino, who replaced Sal Abruscato, Abruscato earlier this year. Cool. Yep. Battle Beast will release their fifth album, No More Hollywood Endings, on March 22, 2019, via Nuclear Blast. That's pretty badass. Battle Beast is kick-ass. Yes, they are. Torelli Leone Rhapsody. What? In case you needed an extra version of Rhapsody. Right. The Italian symphonic metal band featuring original Rhapsody members Tuca Luca Torelli and Fabio Leone has entered a domination studio in in Fiorentino, Fiorentino San Marino, wow, to record its debut album. This marks the first time that Luca and Fabio are recording new music together in over eight years. The band is completed by former Rhapsody members Dominique Lequeen? Patrice Gears and Alex Holdsworth. Why don't you just call it Rhapsody of Fire? Jesus. I mean, I'm totally cool with more Rhapsody music, and I'm totally cool with, with, with Luca Torelli and, and, and Fabio Leone, but it's Rhapsody of Fire. <laughs> That's what it is. Just call it Rhapsody of Fire. All right, so, yeah, just ridiculous. Okay. Where is it? Okay, there you go. Cool. All right, so... We are getting into concert news. Okay. And now we are entering into the festival news season. Yeah, I, I saw that and I was like, Jesus. Yeah, like after we talked about how we have no festival news, it exploded. Yeah. All right, so this first bit here is about a new festival, but it's also um, written later on in the script with the actual um, uh, uh, people, the bands. bands. Yeah. Yeah. The building. Mm-hmm. So we'll skip over this one. We'll just go to the next one. So Foo yeah. Fighters, System of a Down, and Disturbed will headline the inaugural Sonic Temple and uh, Sonic Temple Art and Music Festival. Okay. The three-day event set to take place May the 17th through the 19th, 2019 at Map Free Stadium in Columbus, Ohio, replaces the perennially popular hard rock fest Rock on the Range, which ended its run in 2017 after being held in Columbus since 2007. Hmm. Sonic Temple Art and Music Festival building is shaping up as follows Foo Fighters System of a Down Disturbed Bring Me the Horizon The Prodigy Ghost Prodigy yeah I know right Hailstorm Lamb of God Chevelle Joan Jett and the Blackhearts The Cult In This Moment The Hives Gojira The Distillers Meshuggah Action Bronson The Struts Refused Killswitch Engage, Parkway Drive, Black Label Society, Beartooth, Scars on Broadway, Architects, Tom Morello, Avatar, Pussy Riot, Bad Wolves, or Get Your Degree. I mean, the, and many more. One of those two is 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 actually like one of those one or two of them are basically one of those like they still exist kind of things. Like I didn't know the distillers were still a thing. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, I'm I'm cool with that, but like. The Prodigy? Yeah. The, the Prodigy is still a thing? Where'd they come from? I'm fucking digging up all the old ones here. I'm trying to, to confuse you in what year it is. Seriously. 
All right. So that's that. And again, there's a whole. I stopped where I stopped recognizing band names. Okay, so I, I, I figured as much. Yeah. Yeah. Copy and paste can only do so much. Yeah, for real. Plus, I didn't want to sit here for 10 more minutes. Yeah. Because it was a long list. All right. So this spring brings another must see event from premier independent U.S. music festival producer Danny Wimmer Presents. On Saturday, May 18th, and Sunday, May 19th, Chicago Open Air presents a massive stadium show with headlining sets from chart-topping acts including System of a Down, Tool, The Prodigy, and the Ghost. Fuck? Making a comeback. Seriously. Don't call it a comeback. Plus more appearances from today's biggest hard rock and metal artists. The event is co-produced by Live Nation and will take place at Seat Geek Stadium, which is formerly the Toyota Park in Bridgeview, Illinois, just outside Chicago. <laughs> the Maxi Pad Stadium. <laughs> <laughs> the daily band lineup, which is subject to change, is as follows. Saturday, May 18th, is System of a Down, Ghost, Meshuggah, Beartooth, Coat Orange, Knocked Loose, and Vane. Mm. Sunday, May 19th, is as follows. Tool, The Prodigy, Gojira, In This Moment, Fever 3333, 33, The Black Dahlia Murder, and Alien Weaponry. I just want to go see Alien Whippery because of the name. Okay. Here we go. Travis Barker's Muse Inc. presented by K-Rock features the OC Fair, uh, returns to the OC Fair and Event Center in Costa Mesa, California, Friday, March 8th, Saturday, March 9th, and Sunday, March 10th for his 12th year as the premier festival bringing together the best of music, tattoos, and cars. The current music lineup for the Muse Inc. is as follows. Friday, March 8th is... Suicidal Tendencies, Hatebreed, yeah. okay. Sick of It All, Bleeding Through, and All Hail the Yeti. Saturday, March 9th, is Limp Biscuit, <laughs> Travis Barker doing a drum and DJ set, and a band called HO9909. Yeah, I'll be sure to skip that day. Yeah. Sunday, March 10th, has a headliner yet to be announced. Fear, Dead Kennedys, TSOL, Anti-Flag, and the Voodoo Glow Skulls. Interesting. All right, here we go. The Epicenter Festival is a new three-day destination music experience from premier independent music festival producer Danny Wimmer. Brings It brings a massive music lineup to its 2019 debut with over 65 music artists performing on four stages, Jeez. led by Foo Fighters, Tool, and Korn. In, the inaugural festival takes place in the heart of the Mid-Atlantic region at the newly created Rockingham Festival Grounds in Richmond County, North Carolina on Friday, May 10th, Saturday, May 11th, and Sunday, May 12th. The daily music lineup for Epicenter is as follows, which of course is subject to change. Friday, May 10th, Korn, Rob Zombie, The Prodigy, Evanescence, Machine Gun Kelly, Mashuga, Skillet, and Beartooth. Sunday, May 11th, Tool, Judas Priest, the Cult, Bush, Black Label Society, Motionless in White, The Damned Things, and High on Fire. We're going to day two. Right? Sunday, May 12th, May 12th, Foo Fighters, Bring Me the Horizon, 311, Live, Mastodon, Killswitch Engage, Architects, and Tom Morello. We're going to part of day three. Right? That's crazy. Crazy. Okay, here we go. Camp Anarchy, three-day punk rock campout. A new camping, craft beer, and punk music festival will take over Legend Valley just outside of Columbus, Ohio this spring on Friday, May 31st, Saturday, June 1st, and Sunday, June 2nd.
Camp Anarchy will feature performances by The Offspring, Rancid, No Effects, Bad Religion, Pennywise, X, Suicidal Tendencies, Less Than Jake, Fear, and more, along with craft beer tastings available for purchase and a slew of attractions including a dodgeball arena, fair games, fleas market vendor village, Okay, and much more. This one-of-a-kind destination event is the only punk rock campout in the country and will host No Effects' first U.S. performance in over a year. That sounds delightful. Right. If you guys are interested, the lineup so far is Friday, May 31st, The Offspring, X, Fear, Sick of It All, Strung Out, and Death by Stereo. Saturday, June 1st is Rancid, Pennywise, Suicidal Tendencies, The Damned, Off, The Suicide Machines, A Wilhelm Scream, Wow, that's awesome. And Voodoo Glow Skulls. Sunday, June 2nd is No Effects, Bad Religion, Less Than Jake, T-S-O-L, and The Bronx. Damn. Interesting stuff there. But that's all I got for festival news. Not that there's, that, that's, that's not enough. <laughs> that's all I got. That's all I got, though. Again, we, we made a comment on our last podcast that you know the festival news has become light, and then all of a sudden, explosion. Yeah, seriously. Um, that, that's kind of a lot. Um, that punk one just sounds really, really interesting. It sounds fun. Yeah. You know? Nothing like a bunch of aging punks going out and drinking beer. Craft beer. Hipsters. All hipsters. And the last one. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're a nerd! (laughs) I know. I know. All right. So that's it for festival news. Let's go on to some touring news. Okay. All right. Hashtag no San Antonio date. Ed Guy, frontman Tobias Semitz, Avantasia Project will head to the U.S. and Canada for select dates in May 2019 to promote the band's upcoming album Moon Glow. I, I won't even play the clip for that because I, I didn't. I would never have expected them to come to San Antonio. Okay. Hashtag no San Antonio date. I, I don't. We got nothing. Okay. High on Fire have announced a North American tour for January and February 2019 and continued support of their new LP, which was released this past October. These dates will be the first time the band has played live since the cancellation of their tour with Municipal Waste earlier this year due to the partial amputation of frontman Mike Pike's toe. You know what? I don't have the clip on here. Uh, yeah, I really don't have the clip on here. I have. I had the, everything else. Hashtag disappoint. Uh, you know what? Willie hears ya. Willie don't care. <laughs> I have that clip. That is appropriate as fuck right now. That is lovely. Wow. Great. Okay, here we go. The Winery Dogs, which is the hard rock power trio featuring guitarist, vocalist Richie Kotzen, who has been in Poison and Mr. Big, bassist Billy Sheehan of Mr. Big and David Lee Roth, and of course, drummer Mike I Can Play That, Portnoy of old shit ton of bands. I can play that. We'll embark on an American tour in May of 2019. The Trek, dates for which have not yet been announced, will mark the group's first tour in nearly three years. Wow. wow. Okay, then. Yeah. Here we go. Cradle of Filth will return to North America once again to promote their latest album, Cryptoriana, The Seductiveness of Decay. Damn. For the second leg of its North American onslaught, the band has enlisted Wednesday 13 as well as Raven Black. Yeah, Raven San Antonio Black. date, April 15th at the Aztec. Who was the headliner? Cradle of Filth. Oh, okay. 
I like Raven Black, so. Yeah, I know. That, that's why I, when I read that, I'm like, that's that band that Dan's been talking about. Yeah. All right. Papa Roach announced its summer 2019 headlining run with, uh, called the Do You Trust? Oh, Who Do You Trust Tour with Asking Alexandria and Bad Wolves. Produced by Live Nation, the 12 City Trek will kick off July 27th in Dallas, Texas, and make stops across the U.S. in Atlanta, Philadelphia, Detroit, Chicago, and more before wrapping September 1st in Las Vegas, Nevada. Who is the headliner? Papa Roach. San Antonio date July 30th <laughs> at the Sunken Gardens Amphitheater. I'm not sorry. <laughs> Hashtag no San Antonio date. Godsmack will join forces with Volbeat for a uh, North American tour starting next spring. The trek will kick off in the U.S. with Volbeat as the special guests and Godsmack headlining. Those days will be followed by a co-headlining days with both bands uh, throughout Canada. So we get Papa Roach, but we don't get Godsmack and Volbeat? I mean... On your way out, if you want to kill somebody, it would help me a lot. <laughs> That's some bullshit. That is some bullshit. It is some bullshit. Hashtag no San Antonio date. Within Temptation, will embark on a North American tour in February. Support on the Trek dubbed Resist 2019 tour will come from In Flames and Smash Into Pieces. Okay. I want to see Within Temptation. Mm. Hashtag No San Antonio Date. Slayer has just announced another leg, another North American leg of its final world tour. Another leg of it they're, they're not gonna just, 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 just another just, just keep extending it just the one <laughs> sure maintain the band's ethos of play as many places as possible to make it easier for everyone to see the band one last time leg five leg five five <laughs> we're, we're, we're yourself in and feel the cheese we, we, we need a Booker T uh, clip here five, five times, times five times five times like <laughs> anyway <laughs> It will kick off on May second, two thousand nineteen, at the Ak Chin Amphitheater. What? The Chin Amphitheater in Phoenix, okay. Arizona, and see the band performing sixteen shows across the southern states, and then up the East Coast, culminating in the Xfinity Center Amphitheater in Mansfield, Massachusetts, on May twenty fifth. At which point they will, they will announce the sixth, sixth leg, leg of the tour. Six legs. Yes. But here's here's the kicker on this, and the the worst part about this being not in San Antonio is that support, support from this on this trip is from Lamb of God, Amonomarth, and Cannibal Corpse. It's, it's, that's like the that's like the tour of the fucking year right there. Yeah, but fuck you guys. Yeah, you know maybe they'll come back around for the sixth, sixth leg, leg of the tour. tour. <sighs> well, they were they were just here a few months ago. Yeah, I know. So. I know. All right, here we go. Dates, excluding a San Antonio date, hashtag fuck you, have officially been announced for Killswitch Engage and Parkway Drive's upcoming co-headlining tour with After the Burial opening. That trek has been dubbed the Collapse the World Tour. Set the world afire, collapse the world. Jesus, Killswitch, just sit there and say it. Fuck the world. For all is worth every inch on planet Earth. No, okay, sorry. Off topic. Hashtag no San Antonio date. My God, Yob or Yob. <laughs> they took my Yob. <laughs> Just keep fucking reading. We'll return to the road next spring, bringing Voivod and um, Amenra. 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 Yeah, that'll do it. Amenra. Along for the month long trek across North America. 
Okay. <laughs> Yarp. <laughs> Yarp. <laughs> You're having too much fun with this goddamn name. Well, I, I'm just thinking now that we need a clip of, of uh, what's his name from uh, Hot Fuzz doing Yarp. Well, I, I, I have to, I have to see the movie again. So. Yeah. All right. Anyway, here we go. We got some one-offs here. Okay. Stone Temple Pilots played a rare acoustic concert last Friday. <laughs> uh, it's late now. Friday, December 14th, at the Norwood Space Center in Norwood, Massachusetts. All the proceeds from the evening benefited Music Drives Us, a charity founded by Ernie Bach Jr. 13 years ago. Money raised by Music Drives Us is earmarked for music and art education in the six New England states. Ace Fraley celebrated the 40th anniversary of his acclaimed solo debut by performing the album for the first time in its entirety on the final day of the New Jersey Kiss Expo 2018, which took place December 7th through the 9th at the Hilton Parsippany in Parsippany, New Jersey. I am, I'm assuming that's the one that, that they released, like, aside aside from all the other ones. like. Not, yeah, I don't think, yeah. I think it was his acclaimed, uh, probably... After he left Kiss, probably, right? No, I think oh. it's because that's, 19, oh. that's 1978. Uh, oh. It's, 40, it's 40 years. Okay. And I think that's when, when they, did, they did the whole Gene Simmons, oh, Paul okay. Stanley. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. Okay. Hashtag Dave Grohling. Dave Grohl, out Dave Grohling, Dave Grohl. <laughs> Dave Grohl performed his 23-minute instrumental song for his play documentary live for the first time Saturday night, December 8th, at Warren Haynes' Warren Haynes' 30th, 30th annual Christmas Jam in the U.S. Cellar Center in Asheville, North Carolina. The Foo Fighters frontman was joined by members of Queens of the Stone Age and Jane's Addiction, as well as producer Greg Kurtz, Kirsten. Greg Kirsten. Grohl handled drums for plays, live interpretation. Queens of the Stone Age's Elaine Johans, Jason Faulkner, and Laundry Room Studios' Barrett Jones all play guitar. Alongside Kirsten on keyboards, Jane's Addiction's Chris Chaney on bass, and Foo Fighters collaborator Drew Hester on percussion. Proceeds from Christmas Jam benefit the Asheville area Habitat for Humanity. There just needs to be a, a meme out there that just says you got grilled. Well, there's one thing I want to see. I want to watch. I haven't watched a clip of it yet. Is that apparently on Jimmy Kimmel Live they had a, a devil versus God segment uh-huh. and Dave Grohl was the devil oh, pretty much reprising his role from, from uh, Pick a Destiny okay. and Billy Crystal was God. <laughs> so just to have those two guys together in a room yeah, must have been hilarious. Uh, that sounds pretty wild. And Dave Grohl as the devil yeah, and Billy Crystal as God yeah, sounds sounds pretty hysterical. That's, that's, that sounds pretty, pretty wild. Alright, so that would be concert news. Now, we're going to go into heavy metal in the charts. Okay. All right. Noteworthy point here. According to Billboard, Shinedown has landed its 13th number one on Billboard's mainstream rock songs airplay chart with Get Up, the second single from the Florida band's sixth studio album, Attention, Attention. Only Three Days Grace has more mainstream rock number one number ones at 14. I, I still don't think I've actually heard a Shinedown song. Or three, I, or, or actually, I know a Three Days Grace song, and I hate it. Okay, so now what we're going to do here is we're going to go through the top two hundred, and uh-huh. we're not going to do metal because I don't like I'll mention things as they come along, but we're gonna we're gonna do this as 
the Christmas list. Da, 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 and it's ridiculous. And I'm gonna I'm gonna name all the Christmas albums. You're gonna hate me by the end of this. All right, here we go. At number four is Christmas by Michael Bublé. Hold on, first, what's number one? Number one is a new album by someone named Kodak Black. I don't know. All right, let's just keep going with the Christmas. Okay. Number seven is Christmas is Here, Pentatonix. Okay. Number eight is the Bohemian Rhapsody soundtrack. Yay. Number ten is the Greatest Showman soundtrack. And I only mention that because I finally watched the movie and it's amazing. Okay. So the soundtrack is well worth a number ten spot. Okay, here we go. Continuing on. A Pentatonix Christmas by the Pentatonix is at number 13. The, Mer- the Merry Christmas by Mariah Carey, 14. The Christmas Song by Nat King Cole, number 15. A Charlie Brown Christmas Soundtrack, number 16. All right. It's the worst Christmas episode ever. All right. A Christmas Gift for You from Phil Spector, um, number 21. The fuck? Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Remember, that guy was convicted of killing somebody yeah yeah and let's all just just try to block from our memories how he looked during the trial yeah yeah okay anyway here we go 25 ultimate christmas frank sinatra (laughs) number 27 the best of bing crosby 20th century masters the christmas album bing crosby bing crosby the classic christmas album by perry como number that was at number 31 Number 33 is Queen's Greatest Hits 1, 2, 3. Platinum Collection. Classic Christmas Album by Andy Williams. And number 36. These these Christmas album titles are so full of themselves. The right. ultimate Christmas. The classic. The classic And wait, Christmas. here's the best one. A legendary Christmas the by fu- by John Legend. Number 38. Get the fuck out of here. Number 39 is Noel by Josh Groban. There you go. Thank you, Josh Groban. Make number, it simple. Number 40. Number 40. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and Other Christmas Classics by Gene Autry. Okay. See? See? We're getting... getting... That's Christmas to Me by the Pentatonics at number 43. We're not even doing the top 50 yet. How many Christmas albums have there been? We need a counter next time. Next tick, year. Tick, tick, tick. All right. Rounding out the top 50 is It's Christmas Time. Elvis Presley. Uh, number see, 50. That's fine. Number 51, Wrapped in Red, is by Kelly Clarkson. I can only imagine that's a Christmas album. That sounds like a murder album. (laughs) (laughs) Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Burl Ives edition, 52. 52. Still. Still. With the Christmas stuff. Oh, here we go. Christmas classics, Bing Crosby, 64. Bing Crosby. The Dean Martin Christmas album. Featuring Dean Martin. <laughs> Is that number 69? He would love that. Starring Jerry Lee Lewis. Oh, my gosh. Jerry Lewis. All right. Okay. The twenty, the best of Brenda Lee, 20th Century Masters, the Christmas dot, dot, dot. Brenda Lee. Is that number 78? The Christmas dot, dot, dot. It says it right there. Because I, I didn't want to fucking read the rest of it. All right. Christmas Portrait by the Carpenters, 81. You Make It Feel Like Christmas, Gwen Stefani. Goddamn right I do. 83. Happy Christmas by Eric Clapton, 80, 
four. I, I didn't know Clapton had a Christmas album. I think that's actually relatively new. Fucking hell. Weeks on the chart. Number, it's only been on this chart for six weeks. Sold out Clapton. The Andy Williams Christmas album by Andy Williams. Imagine that. At 88. 88. 88. All right, here we go. We got uh, some other stuff here. We got Guardians of the Galaxy, Soundtrack, Legend, The Best of Bob Marley, all there. But here we go. Christmas with Dino by Dean Martin is at number 98. We still haven't passed 100. Nope. Nope. Okay, but now we get into things that are a little different here, okay? Anthem of the Peaceful Army by Greta Van Fleet is at number 104, which it is up from 152 last week. Wow, even despite even despite Christmas. All right, here's here's one. Under the Mistletoe by Justin Bieber. Get the fuck out of here. 110. You're you're one ten. You're say those fucking words in this goddamn podcast again. I'm kicking <laughs> the dick so hard. The Christmas <laughs> Attic by the Trans Siberian Orchestra. The first Trans Siberian Orchestra so far. Yeah. Is at one thirteen. Remember a couple of years ago like they had like five. Yeah. Well, we still got a hundred to go. So. It's true. Oh yeah. Okay. Here we go. Um, the Dark Side of the Moon. The Dark Side of the Moon was at 172 last week. Is at 115 this week. They're going to come back. <laughs> it's been on the charts for 940 weeks. My God. It's coming back. My God. Christmas Eve and Other Stories, Trans Siberian Orchestra, 119. <laughs> Queen's Greatest Hits. 122. Calling it now. Dark Side of the Moon, number one next week. <laughs> Journey's Greatest Hits, 123. Okay. I think we're getting out of the Christmas here a little bit. Uh, we should be. Yeah, just a little bit. Now we're just getting to, we're getting to Greatest Hits and, and, and Movie Soundtracks and My Kind of Christmas by Reba McIntyre uh, at 139. Wow. Uh, yeah. Okay, here we go. Still going. Still Every Day is Christmas by Sia. Is that how you pronounce it? Tia? Sia? C? I don't fucking know. 145. 145. Behold! A Christmas collection. <laughs> By who? By Lauren Daigle or something like that. I don't you, know. You pompous bitch! <laughs> Behold! Christmas! 151. 151. I'm just, I'm just imagining that, that, that meme of Will Smith every time he's next to his son. He's... <sighs> Behold! <laughs> Behold! Christmas! Appetite for Destruction is coming up at 161. Alright, Christmas. Alright. <laughs> Which is up from 174 last week. Nirvana's Nevermind is up at 162 from 183. The Purple Rain soundtrack re enters the charts at 163 out of nowhere. RKO'd. Out of nowhere. Back in Black, 168. The Black Album, 170. What does the dice clay? Okay. Black well, Album, 170. Hey, I'm over here now. I'm over here now. The Best of the Jackson 5, 20th Century Masters, The Christmas Collection. Are you fucking 173. They know they had a Christmas collection. 173. <laughs> what the fuck? Christmas Songs by Sinatra. By Dean Martin. I mean... <laughs> By Frank Sinatra is at 176. The fuck? <laughs> Home for Christmas by In Sync, 183. Get the fuck out of here. Home for Christmas. 
I don't know who Casting Crowns are, but they have an album called Only Jesus at 183. It's a re-entry. Maybe a Christmas album. Who knows? Might be a Christmas album. Might be a Christmas album. (laughs) Sounds like a Christmas album. (laughs) Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band and re-enters the charts at 190. That sounds like a Christmas album. PTX Miss. It's an EP by the Pentatonics. It's a re-entry at 193. Uh, It doesn't get any better. On This Winter's Night by Lady Antebellum. Uh, re-enters the chart at 199 and rounding out the top 200 is various artists now 68 is that a Christmas album? no oh. I'm just saying what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? fucking I, hate Christmas I don't know like 200 there was like 30 to 40 Christmas albums on this list are you just, serious? there's more than that it was ridiculous like what uh, the fuck? alright let's see if we can make ourselves that, feel that, a little bit better that's, that's cause of all the fucking streaming yes it's all the fucking streaming all right let's see if we can make things a little bit better i highly doubt it but this is the top 25 hard rock albums on billboard re-entry number 25 10 by pearl jam okay i was gonna say is that number one no re-entry at number for 25 okay 25 for for this one we count down i missed count down i missed it meteora by lincoln park is number 24 okay and justice for all metallica 23. All the Right Reasons by Nickelback is at 22. The fuck? Being beaten out? The Greatest Hits by Three Doors Down is at 21. You can't handle the truth. No truth handler, you. I deride your truth handling abilities. God damn it, Kelsey Grammer. Fucking love you. Number 20 is Experience Hendrix, The Best of Jimi Hendrix by Jimi Hendrix. No shit. The Room, written, starring, directed, produced by Wiseau. <laughs> the Greatest Hits by Foo Fighters is number 19. From the Fires, Greta Van Fleet is at number 18. Chris Cornell, self-titled, is at number 17. Hmm. I wonder if that's like a, a compilation. Though. Yeah, because he didn't have a self-titled album when he no, was alive. Okay, so. All right, Greatest Hits, The Ultimate Collection by Bon Jovi is at number 16. Hybrid Theory, Linkin Park is at number 15. And Justice for None is at number 14, Five Finger Death Punch. By the way, these last three, Greatest Hits by Bon Jovi, Linkin Park, and uh, and Justice for None by Five Finger Death Punch have not moved. These are exactly where they were last week. I was saying balloons. Okay. The Lost Christmas Eve, Transcribe Being an Orchestra, number 13. Okay. The story, so far, the best of Def Leppard is at number 12. <laughs> now, I have to kill all of you. <laughs> okay. Ha, ha, ha. Disturbs Evolution is at number 11. That's. Led Zeppelin 4 is at number 10. Okay. Five Finger Death Punch, A Decade of Aggression, of Destruction. A Decade of Destruction. Aggression. Number 9. Number 9. Black Album, number 8. Back in Black, number 7. Appetite for Destruction, number 6. Queen's Greatest Hits, number 5. The Christmas Attic, Trans-Siberian Orchestra, number 4. Greta Van Fleet, Anthem of the Peaceful Army, number 3. Greatest Hits, 1, 2, and 3, The Platinum Collection, Queen, Do two. not piss me off at number 1. Bohemian Rhapsody, the soundtrack okay. by Queen is at number 1. Okay, we're fine. Queen has three of the top five 
places. All right. Chop that cock! Yep. <laughs> All right. Yes. Because I was going to say, if you were going to tell me anything else, I'd be... And I'd rather get kicked in the dick <laughs> a, a thousand, thousand times more times. <laughs> a thousand more times. <laughs> Let's say, you tell me anything else and we can going to have problems. Yeah, big problems. Big problems. Big problems. Okay, so that was that was depressing as fuck. Well, we can keep on the depression, or we can save this for later. But the rock, our topical discussion could be the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame has officially announced its inductees. Oh, I suddenly had to go take a shit. And the Grammy nominations have been announced. Yeah, I, I saw that, and, I was, and it, was, it was a whole lot of what the fuck? So we can discuss these things, let's, or we can save them for a later. Let's time. discuss these things because reasons. Okay, here we go. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame have officially announced next year's inductees, and they include Def Leppard, Radiohead, Janet Jackson, Stevie Nicks, The Cure, Roxy Music, and The Zombies. Oh, I thought we were talking about the uh, the Grammys. Actually, this this doesn't bother me as much. No, actually, this sounds like a decent list. Yeah. You know, unfortunately, like bands like I think Rage Against Machine got outvoted. They were up for it, which yeah. is amazing. Um, I don't. I, I think Judas Priest was up. I'm not sure. Maybe uh, they've been up forever. Yeah. Well, either way. So Def Leppard in the Rock Hall of Fame. Radiohead in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah. The Cure in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah. Then you got Stevie Nicks and Janet Jackson. Stevie Nicks I can see. Janet Jackson not so much. No, no, no. Stevie Nicks I can definitely see. Yeah. I mean, if she's not already in there as Fleetwood Mac. She could definitely be in there as a solo artist. Yeah, I remember we discussed this on the radio show, and, and Fleetwood Mac already is in there. All right, so, so she's, she's a two-time. Yeah. You know, the, the worst thing about that is that she's already a two-time where all deal is a zero-time. Yeah. You know, well, fronting Black Sabbath. Like, I don't know how they make these decisions. Like, how do they decide to just induct only the four original members of Black Sabbath, but not, like, Dio when he was on, like, three albums? Yeah. You know? Like, who makes these decisions? Where, where, where is the line drawn? You know? I, I don't want to know. You know, especially like when you consider, like when Metallica got in, they included Robert Trujillo. He wasn't even in the band when they made their classic albums. No. You know, but he's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Hmm. It's Metallica. That's all I could say. So I mean, and then like when when Deep Purple got inducted, like which version of Deep Purple got inducted? Like who made the cut? Who did? Yeah, because uh, that's that's a. Uh... Because they're known for being, like, what, Mach 1, Mach 2, and Mach 3? Yeah. So, at least. Minimum. Yeah. Minimum. Like, they might be up to Mach 25 at this point. Yeah, I, I know. I, I don't think it's it's that that crazy, but... Yeah, I know. But still, when you actually have to put those kind of denotations on your lineups... Yeah. It's kind of rough. Yeah. You know, Radiohead makes sense. The Cure makes sense. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with, with... I'm okay with this list. I As much as I... I have arguments against Def Leppard. You know, it's it was going to happen eventually. So yeah. so be it. So all right. So here we go. We got the Grammy nominations. Yeah, this one was a little bit more. So we got best metal performance. Between the Buried and Me, Condemned to the Gallows, Def Heaven, Honeycomb, High on Fire, Electric Messiah, Trivium, Betrayer, Under Oath. On my teeth. Okay. First of all, I don't know why Under Oath is there. They're not metal. Get them off my, my list. Mm-hmm. Shoot, go away. 
Um, the thing is, I don't, I don't know if I would consider High on Fire metal either. I would consider them more of a rock band, like a hard rock, like a heavy rock band. But like, you know. Well, I think because they're heavy enough, they're considered to be metal. Yeah, I guess but, so. But I mean, this year had some awesome stuff, and this is what you come up with. You I'm put pretty, Under Oath up there? I'm pretty I'm pretty like impressed that they went ahead and they put Death Heaven up there. That's way out there for the Grammys. Well, I, way I, out there. I, don't know, I think it's because they're they're becoming more of a of a popular name. I just wonder if it's one of those things where they open up the popular magazine, close their eyes and point at something. That was the yeah. one they pointed at. Yeah, that's that's, that's what I mean. <laughs> that, that, that's that's what I mean. You know, just like ah, yeah, yeah. They're they playing darts, you know, yeah. like, like that kind of thing. But I mean, that list sucks balls. Otherwise, well, and, and, and even and even people who are, are are into metal shit on Deaf Heaven. So it's like that, that list just generally sucks balls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, here we go. The best rock song here. We got Greta Van Fleet with Black Smoke Rising. Mm-hmm. 21 Pilots with Jumpsuit, Bring Me the Horizon with Mantra, St. Vincent with Mass Education, and Ghost Rats. I mean, I want Ghost to win, of course, but... I, I can see them losing Best Rock Song. I can see them losing to either Greta Van Fleet or 21 Pilots. Yeah. That's, that's what I can say. I don't know the other two, and I don't give a shit, but... The other two, and the fact that I know them may, means that they're popular. <laughs> yeah. Well, <clears throat> best rock album. This one's a tough one. Mm-hmm. Tough one. Because you got Alice in Chains, Rainier Fog. Yeah, they're not going to win. True. Fallout Boy, Mania. Greta Van Fleet, From the Fires. Not even their album is nominated. It's their EP. Shit. Weezer, Pacific Daydream, and Ghost, prequel. You know what? I can actually see them losing album and winning song. Probably. I can see that. I can see them losing both. Yeah, well, I can definitely see that for sure. I, I can definitely see them losing both. Um, no one's cared about Weezer in years, so I'm surprised that they're actually on the fucking Grammys. Probably has more to do with the fact that they had that surprise cover of Africa by Toto that was on the album, I think. Which, which spoiler alert, sucks balls. And it's too, it's, it's too much... Like the original, like I can't really tell the difference. The original sucks balls. So, jump that cock. Yeah, I don't like the original song either. Yep. So cheesy eighties rock. Yeah, no. Like, All right, but the thing is, then they still have this best rock performance thing, uh-huh. which is from the Arctic Monkeys. I'm not even gonna say the names. Let's just go with the bands here. Arctic Monkeys, Chris Cornell, Fever Three Thirty Three. Greta Van Fleet and Hailstorm. I can see I can see Greta Van Fleet or Hailstorm winning that. Yeah. Um, I really hope they wouldn't do a posthumous post, posthumous thing, and have and have Chris Cornell win just because. Because I can see that happening, or I can see Hailstorm winning because she's the only female nominated, and they want to be diverse. I, yeah. Now again, shitty reasons for for winning. I know. The thing is. These shows are political like that. They're, 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 they're not really based on any kind of true merit. It's obnoxious. You know, that's why I can see, I can possibly see Ghost winning for Rats the Song, but as the album as a whole, because of some of the, the context of the album, I can't see them winning. Yeah. 
<laughs> the context of rats isn't exactly the greatest either. Yeah, but at least it's a little more subtle than the, some of the songs on prequel where the first line is Lucifer whispering silently into your mind. <laughs> what a great song. I know, I love that song. All right, and there's one more category for the, the Grammys. Here. I'm sorry, I, I I completely forgot that there's a song on it that says, um, "Don't don't you forget about dying? Don't you forget about your friend death? Don't you forget that you will die?" <laughs> completely forgot about that song. Yeah, considering all, all the shootings and all the things that have been going on in the world, don't you forget that you're gonna die? Yeah, don't forget about that. Yeah, yeah. If that album wins, I will dance a fucking every jig day you feed so me with hard. hate, I grow stronger. Eat yeah. me, drink me. Yeah, doesn't sound good. Yeah, it, it, if that album wins, that like, that's. I just wish they got nominated for Dance Macabre instead of Rats, because that is such a fucking. That's a more of a rock song. Yeah, that's that, a rock that, song. It's a pop rock song. It's like yeah. their poppiest song they have. Yeah, like that. That is just a winner all around. Plus, it's subtle. Like, there's nothing that says like you know Lucifer whispering <laughs> silently into your mind. You're not going to die. <laughs> <laughs> Who walks behind? Oh my god! Oh, okay. All right. So there's one more category. Okay. Here. All right, and it's best boxed or special limited edition package. Mm-hmm. All right, we got Guns N' Roses, The Appetite for Destruction, Locked and Loaded, The Decemberist, I'll Be Your Girl, The Grateful Dead, Pacific Northwest, seventy-three through seventy-four, The Complete Recordings. That box is probably the size of this room. Weird Al Yankovic, Squeezebox, The Complete Works of Weird Al Yankovic, and Johnny Nicholas, Too Many Bad Habits. Let me just put it down here right now that if if Weird Al does not win that category, I will punch so many people in the fucking nose. (laughs) Because that's that's the perfect box set. And actually... um, I'm sure it's probably even in the shape of a Squeezebox. It's got to be. Yeah, probably. Probably. It's it's probably in the the shape of a fucking accordion. My favorite thing was... um, um, Patton Oswalt posted a tweet to Weird Al uh, as a a half a joke. He's basically saying, like, yeah, good luck. He's like, oh, wait, you're not not nominated in the same category as me? Then I actually do wish that you win. (laughs) I, I don't mean that as a joke. <laughs> because I guess normally Weird Al's in comedy. Yeah. But <laughs> I, just yes. found it, I just found it to be very funny. Yes. It most certainly is. Yeah. A squeeze box. Fucking A. Fucking A. That, that, that should win. If it, if it does not win, then... then, then Just the, look at the majesticness that is that. That If I didn't have every album already, I would have bought that shit. Look at the majesticness. That is fucking amazing. And that's the vinyl version. And I'm buying that shit. Mm, man, that's amazing. Yeah. Oh, it's just, it's, mm. <laughs> Excited. It's fucking. He's fucking amazing. Oh. That's yeah. that. Yeah. So that that's uh that's it. That's all we got. Amazingly enough. Yeah, it's it's a bad list. It really is. Yeah. Well, so that's if, why, you know, it's one of those things where it's not televised. We don't, it doesn't get the respect it deserves. You know, even some of the, the performances are not televised. Like, last year they had Body Count perform untelevised. My, 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 one of my favorite things is, is there's there was a news article about Dave Mustaine apparently 
um, pushing for another medal um, category for the Grammys. And my only thought is the Grammys are going on, and he's outside. He's the only one outside with a sign. <laughs> <laughs> Just doing circles and chanting. And it's like, Dave, Dave. Dave, Dave. <laughs> it's not gonna happen. I'm sorry. What, other, what, model, what, what, what does he want? What kind of metal category does he want? I have no idea, but I, I mean, mean, it's it's. I don't I don't know what he expects. It like you can't just start doing subgenre categories because that's what like you know the Metal Hammer Awards for or the Golden Gods are Awards for. You yeah, know, that's just, that's just, what that stuff is for. Just stick with the awards that are that are intended for metal and and be more honored for those because these these ones that are more quote-unquote universal like everyone everyone says they're a joke I, like as far as like like people in metal even even bruce dickinson has said that if we were to be inducted into the hall of fame we would turn it down yeah we'd be like no there's no point and and i i commend that kind of that kind of attitude but the fact of the matter is is that for a genre that talks that is so against the mainstream and so this and so that, they are just begging for the recognition when they make a career of not wanting the recognition or is claiming they don't want the recognition. I mean, this is a this is a subgenre. This is a, sub, a genre of music that built its reputation on not being this way. Yet to cry about it is kind of yeah. kind of hypocritical. There's no there's no point in crying about it. It's just. It's just, it, I, I hate the phrase with a burning passion, but it is what it is. Yeah. And in like they, they they shouldn't even bother with it at this point because they 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 make a complete fool of it yeah. every year. So, yeah. From the inauguration of it. And Jethro Tull has been downhill ever since. Yeah. And, for, and we're talking about the Hall of Fame and we're talking about the Grammys here. For At least both... the Hall of Fame get it right every once in a while. They're, just, they're starting to catch up on some of these classic bands that but, deserve to be in their first ballot. But you can only, you can only do – they only do X number per year. And there are a lot of rock artists or artists who are you know credited for – for being innovators of rock music that that should be in there that aren't in there um that I would put above metal artists right yeah like like if anything if anything metal should have its own hall of fame that's it like that if you're going to go for anything metal should have its own hall of fame just as like any subgenre like any like over overarching subgenre should have its own right because like if there's if there's a hip hop hall of fame you're not going to induct Anthrax because of the one song they did with with Public no, Enemy but no. Janet Jackson can get into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame which she doesn't play rock and roll actually you know I I personally think there should be a pop Hall of Fame I think there should be a, a rap Hall of Fame you know there 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 should be Hall of Fames for all this because that's the only way that you're actually going to sit there or, and cover or just change the name of it. Yeah, the music or, or, hall of fame. Yeah, change change just the, change the name. Change the name. Change the name. I mean, rock and roll is a very broad spectrum, but it's still rock music. And the thing is that they're inducting people who are not rock musicians. They are yeah. clearly pop musicians. They excel. They sell themselves yeah. and expressly con- like tell people that they are a pop musician. You know, 
I understand that rock and roll was the popular music at the time that this was created, but I think times have changed. They have definitely and they changed. Need to, they need to. I think the 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 Hall of Fame, not the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but the Hall of Fame. It just needs to be Music Hall of Fame, and it's, that needs to change with the times as much as everything else has. Yeah, it's either you make one for everything or you change the name. Yeah, simple as that. Pretty that's, much. That's that's the only way you can really you can really satisfy people at this point, and even then. You know, you're still you, gonna piss people. off. You're still gonna piss people off, but at least, at least it's less of an argument in that regard. You know, if you if you wanted to do, you know, the music hall of fame and pick like two or three artists per genre, not go too crazy with the subgenres, but like per genre, yeah. And like like I said, two or three artists per genre, that would into the music hall of fame. Mm-hmm. That would make more sense instead yeah. of calling it the rock and roll hall of fame and putting people who are not rock and roll artists into the Hall of Fame. Yeah. It kind of cheapens the whole thing. Yeah, it does. So that's our thoughts. Let us know what you think in the comments below. I don't even know where... You know, I, I say this and I I don't know where you're listening to this. Let us know on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash theshredcheck what you think about the, uh, about the Grammy nominations and about the Hall of Fame... Induction Induction list. Um, I I think when when I did the I think when I did the radio show they had a problem with Radiohead and I was like I like Radiohead. I think the main problem with Radiohead is that they're too new of a band. They they, they, they got in first ballot I think. Yeah, and it's one of those things where like why a a band that has only like their first album was twenty five years ago first ballot but why not a band who or a person like Dio who's not in it at all. No. You know, solo career, Rainbow, fucking Black Sabbath, not a single piece of recognition for a voice that almost everybody in the rock and roll genre and metal, rock, whatever, can can claim this person as an influence. Yeah. There's not a single person in this world who doesn't think that Ryan James Dio wasn't an influence on rock and roll, heavy metal, and hard rock as a whole. Yeah. You know, and the fact that these young upstarts are getting the recognition before some of the innovators, I think that's probably part of the problem. I think that's what we should do for 2019. We could start it on January 1st. Hashtag Dio for Hall of Fame. Hashtag. Hashtag Dio for Hall of Fame. In fact, in fact I'm going to start doing that when, when, I, when, I, when I write in our Twitter account. I'm going to do that. I'm going to, even if it has nothing to do with Dio, I'm going to end. <laughs> I'm going to end tweets with Dio for Hall of Fame to a point where it will trend. <laughs> we got to get the trend. Got to do it. Dio, <laughs> Hall of Fame. I, I will send out that many fucking tweets. I will, I will send out tweets of just a letter <laughs> that has a hashtag of Dio for Hall of Fame. <laughs> I will, I swear. People, people who listen to this, we're all 25 of you. <laughs> Join me. <laughs> grassroots campaign. Grassroots. That's right. We're going to start from the bottom up. Hashtag Dio for Hall of Fame. All right, so I think we're gonna call up here before I get this going a little bit. Yeah, too much. let's not let's not out Dave Grohl yourself here. Yeah, let's not out Dave Grohl. Dave Grohl, you got grolled. <laughs> that really that needs to be another. Yeah, you, got you got grolled. You got grolled. Because you know, 
it's just almost like you got punked, but you got grilled. Yeah, when when the new album comes out, that I'm gonna make that a trend. You got grilled. You got grilled. But anyway, until next time, I'm Dan Mack. And I'm Chris Mack. And we need a new catchphrase. Happy fucking New Year. <laughs> Oops, I missed it. I fucked it up. Thank you. <laughs> We're not leaving mistakes in 2018. There will be plenty of fucking mistakes in 2019. I'll tell you that right now. Ha, 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 ha.